Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 and 10, we will be reading. For by, the, for by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. As you know, on Sunday evening, we've been looking at this passage of Scripture and we're breaking it down. We have looked at for by grace. Uh, we've looked at grace and what God does for us. And then we looked at are ye saved? And it's not a question, but it's a question that we asked that night. Uh, why are we saved or how are we saved? And so we answered that part or dealt with that part portion of the Scripture. And so tonight we look at through faith. What is your reaction when someone starts to talk about faith? Faith is probably the single most used principle in our lives, but it's also most possibly the least understood. Tonight, as we look at our study, we will look at the biblical information related to faith and see what the Bible has to teach us about faith and what is involved with that subject. As we mentioned, uh, we're talking about through faith. And the book of Hebrews is an excellent book uh, that helps us in that area and gives a great deal of information about faith. So if you have your Bible, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. Because in chapter 11, it begins with the, in the very first verse by stating, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we understand from that passage of Scripture that faith is not a feeling. It's not something that you feel. It is a motivating principle of our lives. That faith moves us to do whatever it is that we've been instructed to do. And if you read on through chapter 11, which we're not going to do tonight, but you can look at individuals who were moved by faith and they did what God had commanded them to do. Faith also is not an experience which is indescribable. We can understand what faith is based upon what the Bible teaches us. Faith is the substance of all of our hopes and dreams because we have faith. Many people have faith in the future. Many people have faith in what their children or their grandchildren may become. Many have faith in what can take place even in our world that we live in. And so we need to understand what faith is. I want us to think about how miserable the world would be without faith. First, there would be no hope. <clears throat> for faith is the things that are the things of the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Second, there would be nothing that one could know other than that which they have seen with their own eyes. There are a lot of things in this life that we accept by faith and has nothing to do with the Bible or God. Think about it for a moment. How many of us have ever met George Washington? How many of us have ever met Paul Revere? How many of us have met any other person that lived centuries ago? And we could go back into the Old Testament. How many of us have met Adam or Abraham or Jacob or Isaac? 
We accept those things that we read about those individuals by faith. But not only would we not be able to know history, but we would have no faith in geography. We would have no faith in astronomy. We would have no faith in medicine. And many other things that we can look at in this life. Why? Because if faith that did not exist, there would be no way one could believe in a historical figure. For such a person exists only on the basis of written records. And we put our faith in what we learn from those records. We use the principle of faith in so many, many different aspects of our lives. But the most important aspect of our lives is our faith in God. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Bible tells us there, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So think about what that passage of Scripture is telling us. No faith. If you have no faith, that means that you are not pleasing to God. Furthermore, faith is a real proof that there is a God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says that by grace we are saved through faith. And some who deny the existence of God or who doubt whether He does in fact live have never come to a direct or never come to directing their faith toward God. You see, the evolutionist has faith. He has faith in a theory that somewhere, somehow, some way, certain conditions prevailed to produce a simple life form. That has to be based upon some shaky faith. Not incredible faith, but some kind of faith. I've always said it takes more faith, I believe, to believe that all of this just happened without God than it does to believe that God created all of this universe. It is faith that they lack, or faith that they do have in their theories, their hypotheses. They guess, they guess again, and then they guess some more. They take some time, and if they can't work out what they want to believe, in that amount of time they extend it. And we see that often, where the time gets extended with the evolutionists. But that kind of faith has no real solid or credible basis in fact. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Our faith isn't based upon what we may like to believe in our heart. Our faith must be based upon what God's Word tells us. And that Word is the evidence that we have. That God exists, that God created His universe, and that God is still in control today. You see, faith in God is based upon credible and irrefutable evidence. Look at verse 3 of chapter 11 in Hebrews. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. 
In other words, what does that mean? That is telling us that we know that the world was created. Why? Because we have faith in what God's Word tells us. That He spoke it into, the, into existence. That He spoke the entire solar system into existence. And without that kind of faith, it is impossible to please the all-powerful being who is capable of verbal creation. Of all the things, the entire, the entire expanse of the universe, God was able to speak into existence. And Hebrews 11 and verse 6 affirms that such a faith has rewards. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. There are a lot of people a lot of people who believe that faith is the thing that you get when you get saved. Many people think of faith as nothing more than some kind of experience which they have, which they're told is salvation. There are some obvious reasons why that cannot be true. Certainly, faith saves us. And we have to be saved by faith. But were you listening to some of the other things that we've already talked about? You see, the Hebrew writer says that the faith that pleases God is the faith which He richly rewards because those that had that faith have diligently sought Him. It's not a mere passive effort where we just say, oh, I believe. It is a true faith that we believe what God's Word tells us about God and about how we're to conduct our lives. You see, faith is work. It is a diligent effort that we must put forth. Faith requires, that, or requires the very best effort one has. It's part of that definition of diligently. It's not something that we haphazardly go about doing. We diligently want to please God. We diligently seek Him. And that effort means that we obey God's commands. You see, the faith that pleases God is a faith that is active, not passive in working His works. And that is God's work and so when we have faith, we're doing what God wants us to do if we have the kind of faith that God wants us to have. Go home tonight and read the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 and you can see those individuals who were instructed by God on what to do. By faith, they were moved and they did those things. So their faith moved them and motivated them to do it. Simply having the faith and not doing it wouldn't save them. Noah, if he'd had faith in God and said, yeah, I think that plan will work. I'll make that, yeah, if I built a boat, big, big ark, that, and put the animals in, that we would all be saved. But Noah could have sat down and did nothing. And what would that say about his faith? His faith was the fact that God had warned him. God told him what was going to happen. God told him what he needed to do. And by faith, he believed it. He was motivated. And he went and he did what God commanded him to do. And brethren, that's what we need to do. You see, what is the proper relationship between faith and works? The question that we need to ask. 
Because I realize that upon the very mention of the word work, some almost automatically and unconsciously blank out. You can talk to people in the religious world and when you start talking about works that we need to do or that the Bible commands us to do, you can just see them get turned off. <clears throat> because we're not saved by works. They feel works have no part in salvation. That is, salvation is in Christ separate from any kind of work that we are instructed to do. They repeat the old expression, you can't work your way to heaven. We are saved by grace through faith and not of works. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. And I'm sure you've heard people say that. These are expressions that are commonly heard when faith and works are mentioned together. What is interesting about it is this that all those statements are true up to a point. We cannot work our way to heaven. I can't do enough good deeds where I have to where I can go up to God and say, You have to give me heaven because I've earned it. But I can't get to heaven without doing those works that God commands me to do. The point is the works of human merit boastful accomplishments, the works that we see in the Old Testament law certainly are excluded from anything that would bring us salvation today. Works and faith are like the wind and a windmill. They're like electricity and some electrical appliance. You need both. The windmill is not going to work without the wind. The appliance isn't going to work without the electricity. They both go together. And I think that when we examine the Scripture, we see that faith and works are inseparable. That they go together. Faith is not Bible faith unless it contains Bible works. Take a moment turn over to James chapter 2. In James chapter 2, in verse 21 and 22, James says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? What's James telling us? I want you to notice that faith is made perfect by what? By works. If we want to have that mature, if we want to have that fully developed, that complete faith that God wants us to have, then it must also involve works. You see, perfect is often used to describe something that is complete, something that has all the basic parts, and the parts are all properly related to each other and adjusted to each other, and we want our faith to be perfect. And so it is with faith. Works perfect one's faith in Christ. Again, we're not talking about boastful works or works from some legalistic system or the works of the law. We're talking about the works that God has ordained that you and I must do if we're followers of His. In Ephesians chapter 2, 
which is right after Ephesians chapter 8 and 9 that says that by grace we are saved through faith and not of works. Listen to what it says in verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You ever notice that many times when you hear people quote Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, they don't go to verse 10. And why is that? Because verse 10 makes it very plain that works are involved. It's not works that we can boast about, but it's works that God wants us to do. Jesus was asked by His disciples in John chapter 6 and verse 28. Notice what they say. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Notice that word works has an S on it. Can you think of a more appropriate time or occasion for Jesus to say, forget about works? You don't have to do anything. It's not part of your salvation. You can't save yourself. There's nothing you can do. And so, no, you don't have to work. But that wasn't what the Lord said. Listen to what He says. In verse 29 of John chapter 6, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom He has sent. Now, if I believe on Jesus Christ, wouldn't that mean that I believe what He tells me I need to do in order to be saved, in order to be faithful, in order to have that home in heaven? And it's interesting that if you noticed, they ask, as I mentioned, works plural. But his answer dealt only with work singular. The question dealt with what they as believers were required to do. And the answer reveals what God expects all men to do. The work singular of God includes all acts of obedience to the will of God. We must be obedient. As we can look at all of those individuals in Hebrews chapter 11, they had to do what God told them to do if they wanted to be faithful. All the works of God which He commands through His Word are encompassed within that basic work which Jesus said is faith. If works have nothing to do with salvation, faith is eliminated also. For faith, according to Jesus, is a work of God, which He expects us to accomplish. Notice that the work of God is what Jesus intended for His disciples to do rather than something that God says He will do for us. As we talked about grace, the grace is part of the fact that God has given us a plan. He realizes that man was lost, man was separated from God, and it's God that gave us a plan. It tells us what we need to do in order to be saved. 
Now, we either believe that plan or we don't. It's much like if somebody ran in the building right now and said, hey, the building's on fire, you need to get out. If you believe that, what would you do? Would you sit there? Oh, I'm sure there might be some that would probably sit there until they saw the flames or the smoke or something. But if you believe that message, you would get up and you would exit this building in an orderly fashion trying to save your life and other people's lives so that no one got hurt. And as I've mentioned before, I've been into stores and I've heard fire alarms go off. And guess what? Nobody ran out of the building. Why? Why did no one run out of the building? Why did they all just stay in there and keep shopping? Because they did not believe that that alarm was real, that there was a fire, and that they needed to get out of the building. Our belief involves obedience. Take another look at what James says. In verse 24 of James chapter 2, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. The only place that I know where justification by faith only is mentioned in the Bible is here, and it is denied. We're not justified by faith only. Justification can never be accomplished and realized by faith only because faith without works is faith that is not perfected by works. What kind of works perfect faith? The answer is clear. The works of God. The commands that God gives commands that God has revealed to sinful man by which He has promised to make them new in Christ. And Paul traveled to Athens. He found idolatry rampant. And when he was given the opportunity to preach, he made the following statement, which is found in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. When he said, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, and now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. God commands repentance, and repentance is a work of God. And all men must obey that command. Who's going to argue that you don't have to repent? In fact, most in the denominational world, when you talk about salvation, what you need to do in order to be saved, they will plainly say repentance is required. We also know that Jesus talked about confession, that we have to confess Him before men. And if we're confessing before man, He'll, be, he'll confess us before His Father which is in heaven. If we deny Him before men, then He'll deny us before our Father which is in heaven. And that's found in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33. That confession that you and I must make if we want to be saved is a commandment of God. It's not something that I came up with or some other man came up with. It is a command that God, through the Holy Spirit, directed them to write and to speak. And that's what they were told to do. And that's what Jesus was doing on that occasion when He said confession was necessary. And confession is part of God's plan of obedience. And when Jesus was about to ascend... He told His disciples to go ye therefore and teach all nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Is that a command that the disciples were expected to follow and be obedient to? Is it a command that you and I are expected to be obedient to where we are to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost? And we know from other passages of Scripture that that is for the remission of sin so that our sins are washed away. And then we must continue to be taught the Word of God. We need to be continue, or continue to observe all things whatsoever Christ had commanded them. And that would include the instructions from the apostles because we know that they were guided in all truths. They were speaking what Jesus wanted spoken. So baptism is commanded to the penitent believer and without it, faith is not perfected. Without faith, it does not save. Without faith, it cannot be justified. Baptism is a work of God commanded to be carried out by man. That which God commands, commands men to do is faith. When we listen to what God's Word says, the Bible, then we are doing and when we listen and obey, we're doing what God wants done. That's His works, not my works. And so I can't do something or do enough good things to say, God, look at me. I only do good because God has told me what I need to do in order to be good. I'm only faithful because God has instructed me in what I need to do in order to be faithful. You see, we need to be careful that we don't reduce the Word of God to a mere work of man. Faith definitely has a part in our salvation. For if we do not have faith, then we will not obey. Who's going to do what the Bible says if they don't believe that they're supposed to do it? Romans chapter 1 and verse 5, "...by whom we have received grace and apostleship, for obedience to the faith among all nations of His name. The question right now is this. Do you have that faith that the Bible talks about? The faith that motivates you? The faith that is active? The faith that is involved with works? Will this be the hour in which your belief will bring you to obey the commandments of God if you haven't already? to become a child of His. We've seen the commands of Jesus. Commands of God. We've seen what James said about our faith is perfected, is made perfect by works. When we do what God wants us to do, that's because our faith has moved us to obey His commands. And as we've seen, the instruction is to put our faith in God and to repent of our sins, to turn away from those things, to confess the name of Christ and be buried with our Lord in baptism. That's God's plan of salvation. And He expects us to be faithful while we're here on this earth until the end of our time. And then we'll hopefully hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and are thou unto the joys of thy Lord.
this evening. If you would like to respond to the invitation, you can come and have a seat up here on the front row. You have that opportunity while we stand and sing. <clears throat>